message is from Family Worship Center. This message will not only build your life, but will make you experience the transforming love of God. Open up your heart and be blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you ready for the word this morning? Are you ready for the word this morning? Did you have your Bible or do you have your Bible with you? Can I see your Bible? Oh, this is a beautiful book. Can you wave it? It drives the devil crazy for you to have a Bible. But you know, it drives him crazy. Oh, I don't know how to speak that English. It makes him mad when you take it and you go to church with it. And he makes him wild when you open it and read it and take something. So, so this morning, just declare, say this morning, I came with my Bible. I will open it. I will read it. As I am taught the word from it, I confess that my heart is good ground. Because of this word today, my life will never be the same again. Glory to God Almighty. Hallelujah. Open with me to four opening Psalms 15. Psalm 15. Psalm chapter 15 from verse 4 to 5. Proverbs 11 verse 3. Proverbs 28 verse 6. 1 Peter 2.12. Glory to God. If you didn't come with your Bible, it's okay. Just smile to your neighbor. When you smile, they know what to do. They'll bring the Bible close to you and then you can read it together. But next week, the smile will not work. You have to come with your own next week. The smile is allowed to work for one week, one Sunday. And after that, you must come with your own. If you are there, say, I'm there. If you are not there, say, wait for me. Glory to God. The book of Psalm. Chapter 15, 1 to 5, Proverbs 11, 3, Proverbs 28, 6. I wanted you to open your own, but I know that most of you don't have the versions that I'm going to read. I'm going to be reading out of the amplified version, and then the last one will be from the New Living Translation. Is that okay? Psalm 15, verse 1. O Lord, who may lodge as a guest in your tent? Who may dwell continually on your holy hill. This place is talking about who will experience your presence and your goodness perpetually. It's a question that the psalmist is asking. Who is the man? Who is the woman? Who will experience your presence and your goodness perpetually? It was a question. Who will dwell as a guest? Who will lodge continually on your holy hill? Verse 2, here comes the answer. He who walks with integrity and strength of character and walks righteousness and speaks and holds truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. In his eyes, an evil person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord and obediently worship him to his own disadvantage and does not change it for his own benefit. No, 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 no. I jumped something there. But he honors those who fear the Lord and obediently worship him with all inspired reverence, all inspired reverence and submissive Wonder. He keeps his word even to his own disadvantage 
and does not change his word for his own benefit. He does not put out his money at interest to a fellow Israelite, a fellow believer, and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He and she who does these things, he and she who does these things will never be shaken. Turn to your neighbor and say, he who walks in integrity will never be shaken. I don't care what happens to the world. I don't care what happens to the economy of the world. But the man who walks in integrity will never be shaken. Let all men be liars. Let God be true. Father, in the name of Jesus, we have come again to you. Break your bread and feed us. Feed us till we hunger no more. We confess that our hearts are good ground. And your word will bear fruit in our lives. We bind the forces of hell, the forces of destruction. We declare that this is your place. Fill this place with your presence. May we live here changed, forever changed in Jesus' name. Amen. For the sake of our visitors and for the sake of those who may have forgotten, the word of the Lord came to us expressly this year to live wisely and live wisely by intention. We are to live wisely and live intentionally wise. And as we tried to study that, we discovered that to live wisely on the priority list there is to do what is number one on the heart of God. And what is number one on the heart of God is the salvation of men. So soul winning this year for us is living wisely and is living intentionally. I forgot to tell them in the first service how urgent this matter has become. On Friday, a sister from the, from, from the worship team gave us a testimony. She was in the market just last week or the week before. She was in the market. And she was talking to this young man. And, and, and she felt impressed to preach the gospel to the young man. To, 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 to bring this young man out of hell and into the kingdom of God. As she was about to go, the thing kept pressing her. And she obeyed. And she spoke to the young man. And while she was speaking, she was crying. The young man was crying. None of them knew the reason for the cry. But they cried and prayed, and the young man got saved, and she left. Only for her to return to the market just some two days later. And they said the young man is dead. And so that is the urgency of this assignment that God has given to us. The enemy is busy snatching people per second. And he's taking them. To hell. So the mandate that we have is a genuine mandate and is the number one priority in the heart of God. That those of us that have been saved already should take this mandate seriously and go out there and bring more people so that his kingdom can grow. Somebody say, I'm following you. But you see, I came today to talk about something important as we do this work. And we're going to be doing them concurrently. We're not leaving one behind. We have discovered that in order to go out and win souls and bring them into the kingdom, 
so that our fruit will abide, we ourselves must become a certain kind of people that will attract the people outside and that they will be willing to come and stay. What I'm trying to say is that in order for us to succeed and be fruitful in this mandate, we ourselves must bear certain kinds of fruits. Have you noticed that anywhere there is a fruit tree, things gather there, people gather there, birds gather there. We all love fruits. We go towards fruits. There are certain fruits that our life must bear if our evangelism and soul winning is going to be 100% effective. And until we begin to bear that fruit, we will labor in vain. Because what will happen is that even if the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit convicts them and they come and they don't see the fruit amongst us, they go back. This morning I heard the word of the Lord clearly. Clearly. Not sure whether it was in Igala or in English, but I heard him clearly. And he said, what you are about to start teaching today is what they've been calling the back door. And that if every child of God would take what I'm beginning to teach today and walk it and become it, 90% of the back door will be taken care of. Because when they come and they see certain things, they stay. The Bible and the, and, and the headers told us that when sheep come to a place where the grass is green, they eat and they lie down. You don't beg them to lie down. There's a reason why unbelievers visit church and go back the same way they came. And that is what we're about to start today. But you see, the reason this has become urgent is this. We are supposed to be a pull factor. We are supposed to be very, very attractive. Jesus was attractive. And that is why wherever he goes, multitudes follow. And we are to be like Jesus. But how come instead of attracting, we are chasing people away? How come? And it's becoming worse. It's becoming worse. Let me ask you a question that I asked them in the first service. Have you heard recently, have you heard recently a Christian say that I don't care if the man is a Christian or a Muslim. I just don't want excuses. Has anybody heard anything like that before? Have you heard somebody say, I trust my Muslim mechanic more than the Christian ones? Have you heard anybody say it like that? Have you heard anybody say lately, I have stopped doing business with church people? Have you heard something like that before? And so if we that are supposed to attract outsiders have become so characterless that we are even sending ourselves away from ourselves, how can we succeed in bringing them in? And that is why I said we must change and become a certain kind of people before we can succeed in this mandate. Somebody say, I'm following you. Say, I'm following you. Glory to God. Don't threaten to clap in church. If you want to clap, clap. In Zechariah 8.23, the Bible says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days, ten men from every language, ten men from ten different languages, will hold a Christian. They'll hold a Jew. They'll hold an Israelite. I say, we want to follow you to your God. Why? Because we have seen that your God is with you. Let me ask you, are your neighbors seeing God in your lifestyle? 
are your neighbor seeing God in your behavior? Until we align ourselves with these truths, we are not going to be very, very successful with soul winning. It's not just winning soul, it's that the soul, the fruit will abide. So even when we bring them and they come and see us different, they will go back. Somebody said this is very vital. So it is in this sense that we are beginning this series today. A statement was credited to a great man, a very great man in India, Mahatma Gandhi. It was credited to him as saying, and I quote, if it weren't for Christians, I would have been a Christian. Mahatma Gandhi was a great leader. And when he was interviewed, this is what he said. Though a Buddhist, he found certain interest in Jesus and began to read the Bible and read, read the New Testament and read the New Testament until he became very interested in Christ. And then one day he went to church and he was turned back from church. And when he was asked, he said, if it was not for Christians, I would have been a Christian. Another time a missionary visited him. A missionary was trying to write a book, visited him, and asked him another sincere question. Very, very sincere question. He asked him. The missionary's name was E. Stanley Jones. And said, Mr. Gandhi, though you quote the words of Christ often, why is it that you appear to so adamantly reject becoming his follower? And Gandhi answered. Do you want to hear his answer? Gandhi said, oh, I don't reject your Christ. I love your Christ. It is just that so many of you Christians are so unlike your Christ. I love your Christ. I love your Christ. But the problem I have, the confusion I have, the contradictions I have, my dilemma is that when I look at some of you Christians, you are so unlike your Christ. And so today we are beginning a series that we have titled Christian Character. Christian Character. There are certain things we must become if our mandate is going to be fully achieved and if our fruits are going to abide. A character is a collection, a total aggregate of somebody's traits, features, qualities that makes them distinct. And so if we say Christian character, we are saying aggregates of features, traits that distinguishes a Christian from people who are not Christian. Do you understand that? Character, a collection of behaviors, attitudes, habits, traits, features that distinguishes a person. So a Christian character is characters that makes a Christian stand out. And today we are starting with number one integrity 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 as i studied i became very very certain that at the core of christianity is integrity as i studied i saw that christianity is all about integrity because god is about integrity jesus is about integrity the holy spirit is about integrity without integrity there is no christianity I want you to know that reputation is what people think you are. Integrity is what you really are and who you really are. Your reputation is what people think you are because you may have done them boju boju. 
but your integrity is who you really are. And at the core of Christian success is integrity. And so let me begin by answering what is integrity. Before I say what is integrity, let me tell you what integrity is not. Integrity is not perfection. Integrity is not perfection. Integrity is not a life without mistakes. If that is integrity, then only Jesus qualifies for that. We are not perfect. And we make mistakes. So integrity is not a life without mistakes. Integrity is not perfection. So what is integrity? The Latin root word for integrity is integer. It means whole or wholeness. It means complete. And it means one. Somebody say one. Integrity means wholeness. Complete one. I'm going to find a way to find it from different angles. Nobody will live here saying I didn't get it. So this is just number one. Integrity means wholeness, complete, one. What does that mean? It means that to be a man of integrity, to be a Christian of integrity, your life must be one life. Not a compartmentalized life. Give me my chat one. Your life must be one life. As a Christian with integrity, you don't have a social life, a family life, a career professional life, a private life, a church spiritual life, and a business life that is compartmentalized. Your life is one. How? Number two, give me number two. All of this is one in Jesus. For a Christian, to be a Christian of integrity, your family life, your business life, your professional life, your business life, your spiritual life, your church life, all of them must be driven and anchored on Jesus. You don't have a life where you say, please, this is not church. This is business we are talking here. You don't have a life like that. You don't have a family life that is different from your church life. One life. Meaning that your life as you are seated here right now is the same life when we see you at parties in the evening. You don't live here and become a demon right in the party just some few hours from now. Your life on Sunday is one with your life on Monday. Your life on Monday is one with your life on Tuesday. Your life on Tuesday is one with your life on Wednesday. And throughout the week, your life in Family Worship Center is the same life you have in Dubai, the same life you have in Houston, the same life you have in Ghana, and wherever you go, one life centered on Jesus, driven by Jesus, anchored on Jesus. Integrity means one life so that when we see you we say that is him that is how he is not that is how he is in church this is who he is in the office when you meet him at the party this is who he is no one life somebody say one life so number one integrity means one life integrity is a life of wholeness One life, oneness, a life that is not compartmentalized, but centered on Jesus, driven 
by Jesus. Your professional life, your private life, your social life, your family life, everything centered on Jesus. You are one person, not a multi-personality person. One person, not a multi-personality person. One person on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. One person in Abuja, one person in Dubai. The same person. The same person. The same person. What is integrity? Integrity is when your behavior matches your beliefs. When your behavior matches your beliefs. Integrity is when you sh- your show on the outside is a true reflection of your beliefs on your inside. Integrity is when your private life is consistent with your public life. When your private life is consistent with your public life, you are said to be a man of integrity. You are a man of integrity. What is integrity? Integrity is the practice of being honest. The practice of being honest and showing a consistent and uncompromising adherence to moral and ethical principles and not changing them under any circumstances, even when it costs you something. Let me take that again. Integrity is the practicing of honesty and adhering to certain moral and ethical codes and refusing to change them for any reason, even when it will cost you something. Integrity. Integrity. Integrity in the New Testament is adherence to honesty and adherence to good works. A pattern of good works. Integrity. And remember, when we say adherence to moral principles, ethics, we're not talking about our cultural ethics. We're talking about ethics and principles from the word. From the word. And therefore, if your culture goes against the word, you drop your culture, you pick the word. If the constitution goes against the word, you drop the constitution, you pick the word. If your feeling goes against the word, you drop your feeling, you pick the word. It's called integrity. Somebody give God praise. Second Timothy 3, 16 says, All scripture, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. God gave us this word for our profit. The reason we are making losses in life is because we have abandoned it. We think what they have outside there is smarter and more powerful than what we have. Integrity is when your life is in alignment with the word of God. That is integrity. And so let's bring it home to Abuja, 2022 and beyond. Let's drop dictionary and Latin. What is integrity? Like I said, integrity is blameless, not perfection. A man of integrity is blameless. One of the first people we saw God call a man of integrity is King Abimelech. In Genesis 20, God called him. God agreed that he was a man of integrity. What happened? Abraham and his wife Sarah, beautiful woman, were moving from place to place. And they came into Abimelech's territory. Out of fear, Abraham said, she is my sister. And out of fear, too, Sarah told the king, he is my brother. 
And so the king took her. They told him, we are brothers and sisters. So the king saw a beautiful woman and decided to take her. And the king was minding his business and God appeared in his bedroom and said, you are a dead man. You took my servant's wife. And Abimelech said, sir, in the integrity of my heart, he told me she was his sister. And she told me too, Lord, my master, that he was her brother. I did this in the integrity of my heart. And God said, it is because I know that you are a man of integrity. That's why I didn't kill you. I just came to tell you, return the wife. Because he acted out of integrity, he was delivered from mass genocide. God was going to wipe out the entire place. What is integrity? He was blameless. At the end of the day, God looked at him and saw that, yes, he was truly blameless. Abraham, out of fear, spoke half-truth. Sarah, out of fear, spoke. They are brothers. But the reason they are claiming brothers in this particular instance is to deceive. You understand? Is to make sure nobody kills them and takes the wife. Anytime we lie and give half-truth to get a benefit, we have lost integrity. We have lost integrity. Integrity is to be blameless before God. It is to be upright before God. And God honored Abimelech. Integrity is to work with a heart that is upright, that is not crooked, and doing the commands of the Lord. In 1 Kings 9, 4, God, talking about David, says that David walked with integrity before him. It was God that was saying David walked in integrity before him. Why? Because there was integrity in his heart. All the things he did, he did from a sincere heart. So sometimes you can see somebody making a mistake and you think they are just sinning. If God checks the integrity of their heart and they did it from a sincere, honest heart, God sees the integrity, not the offense. Not the offense. And that is why I said the integrity is our core. It's at the core of Christianity. Integrity is to be truthful at all times. No lies. Just be truthful. To be a man of integrity is that you do not lie. Can I tell you the truth? In Christianity, we have nothing called white lies. All lies are lies. Integrity. That we do not lie. That we do not lie. Integrity is to be trustworthy. To be dependable and reliable. That people can commit things into your hands and go to sleep. Integrity. Joseph, a slave boy, sold as a slave boy, came into the house of Potiphar. The Bible says, except for food. The man knows nothing in the house. Everything was in his hands and they were kept. Can people keep their things with you and sleep with two eyes closed? Including their money? Can people keep their wives in your house and travel? Can people leave you, live with you, their little girls? Can somebody leave their checkbook with you? Can they leave their ATM and the PIN number with you? Integrity. Trustworthiness. Dependability. Reliability. That God can commit things into your hands and not worry. 
Can your boss travel and you will run the office like she's around or he's around? Or you go do something else? Integrity. Integrity is core. Let me go back to something I forgot to say. The opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. And for our fruit to abide, once we win people and bring them into the church and they come and discover that we are hypocrites, they go back. They tell themselves, where we are coming from is not worse than here. They go back. So until we tell ourselves the truth and search ourselves and conform to this Christian character, our soul winning is going to be up and down, up and down. You bring them, they see us. Some of them, you will bring them and they'll run into a Christian brother that will dupe them and they'll go back. I told them in the first service, I went to visit a foreigner yesterday, not a Nigerian, but he's in family worship center. I went to visit them. And during my stay, I asked them, how did you get to come to family worship center? And he said, oh, my husband is not a very church person, but he has this friend who is a very committed church person who visits him. And in the process of talking, I discovered that the person goes to family worship center. And I asked my husband permission if I can attend this, his friend's church. Eight years ago, the husband gave them permission. And up to today, they are coming to this church. But, yes, it's a place to clap. It's a place to clap. But, but, but there's a place that is annoying and painful. And as I asked, who is this person? And they called the name of the person. It happens to be somebody I know who is no longer committed in church. And you know why? A leader in church duped him. And he has not overcome the pain. I have friends who are not committed in church again. I've done my best. The issue they have is that they cannot believe that tongue-talking people, fat Bible-carrying people, worshippers with tears coming down from their eyes will do to them what was done to them. Integrity. Integrity. It's powerful. It's a key to the back door of evangelism. Are you dependable? Are you reliable? I want you to know that integrity is to be incorruptible. You cannot be corrupted. Where we read says, does not take a bribe. Even when you are threatened, you won't take a bribe. And even when you are promised goody goody, you will still not take a bribe. The Hebrew midwives were, 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 were so pressured to kill children, baby boys under two years. As you deliver them, they kill them. That is what they were pressured to do. But they said, no, it's wrong. According to our code, we can't do it. The Bible says they were people of integrity. The Rechabites, their father told them, don't drink wine. Don't drink wine. Don't build houses. Live in tents. Their father died many years ago. A prophet, Jeremiah, big prophet, got up, brought them into the house of God, put wine before them inside the house of God, and said, you guys drink wine. They said, no. Our father told us not to drink wine. And since he told us and died many generations ago, we have not drank wine. And God responded from heaven. He said, Rechabite, because of this honor and this integrity you have shown, you will never lack a man to stand before me. <laughs> integrity is stand with the word of God and God in good times and in bad times. You stay with the word, whether it is good or whether it is bad. Another man, God himself, I claim that he had integrity is Job. It became bad for Job. Bible says he was a blameless man and he was a very rich man. 
Don't tell me blameless people can't be rich. He was a blameless man and he was a rich man. And in all the East, not talking about Anambra and Ebony and the rest, in all the rich East region, he was the greatest. All the East, he was the greatest. And calamity came. And the wife said, curse God and die. I said, you don't know what you are talking about. We don't follow God in just the good times. We follow him whether it is good or bad. And four times in Job, God spoke about his integrity. Integrity. Following God. Following his word. Whether it is good or it is bad. Integrity. To have integrity is to say what you mean and mean what you say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. It is integrity when you stand before the pastor and family and friends and say, I vow to take you as my wife. I vow to take you as my husband in sickness and in health, in poverty and in riches, for better, for worse. It is integrity to stay with that vow and not to come and sit two weeks later and say you are tired. You are not a man of integrity. You are not a woman of integrity. If you say, this is my promise, integrity says, keep it even if it will kill you. Are we saying stay in a marriage that is abusive? No. I don't have the time to talk about that. But to wake up two weeks after marriage and say, I'm tired. I can't do again. It's lack of integrity. Integrity means when you are dating girls in church, you date one at a time. You can't date two girls at the same time. And you can't date two men at the same time. Checking them out to see which one is better. Seeking the face of the Lord. Which Lord? <laughs> Integrity. You are committed to one person part time. If it doesn't work, clean break. Rest. Let the whole church know that it's not working again. Then you move to the next one. Private life. Consistent. With public life. Integrity means you enter the contract with your employer. Work resumes at 8. You don't come at 9 and put the blame on traffic. Leave home early. You enter the contract for 8. Leave home early. Leave home early. Calculate the number of minutes you need from your home to the office on a bad day and use the maximum. Integrity means it's better you arrive there early. And while you are in that office, Give them the time they are paying for you. Give them their time. Don't steal their time. Sitting on the phone for five hours, talking with friends that will add nothing. Somebody is paying you for their time. Give them the value of their money. It's called integrity. And while I'm at that, integrity means you cannot take staple pins out of the office. Don't take cellotape out of the office. Don't take water bottles out of the office. Don't. It's not your own. It's for the office. And while I'm at it, let me add to it. In your house, when you are leaving the room, you're off the AC. But in the office, you say you want to leave the AC so that the place will be chilled. You lack integrity. What you cannot do to your own electricity bill at home, don't do it to the office bill. It's called integrity. It's called integrity. It's called integrity. We have people in church, Christians, Christians in church. We told them, employ from church, employ from church, employ from church. 
and some of our brothers have heeded our instruction. You employ people from church. We go and do fun fair, dedicate a shop, dedicate a business. Six months later, the business is dead. What happened? The man traveled. The boys from the church stole all the money. Lack of integrity. It will affect the fruits of our evangelism. It will affect the fruit of our evangelism. Integrity as an employer. Don't tell them you pay them 20000 And now they have worked and you said you know the condition of the country. You better even be happy that you have a place to walk. No. Be a man of integrity. If you can't pay, call them. Open the books. This is what I promise you. Look at the business we've done. Will you forgive me and give me time? I'll make up later. But right now I can't pay you. Don't tell them you better thank your God that you have a place to walk. You lack integrity. You lack integrity. You lack integrity. Integrity is to be faithful over little and be faithful over the big. King David, no wonder God calls him a man of integrity. The Bible says he used to take care of few sheep and then the call to greatness came. The Bible says he went to the farm, handed over the few sheep to a caretaker before he went to the big assignment. Some of you have left certain small things committed into your hands, pursuing the big, and those things have gone to ruin. Integrity is that you take care of the small as you wait for God to give you the big. And if you are going to the big, hand over the small into capable hands. Integrity. Integrity is to be faithful as a small boy and be faithful as a big boy. He was faithful with those few sheep. No wonder in Psalm 78, 72, the Bible says he led Israel with the integrity of his heart. Integrity is at the core of who we are. And when unbelievers don't see it in us, they cannot come. And if they come by the power of the Holy Spirit, after some time we will drive them if we don't cultivate integrity. Integrity. Your public life is consistent with your private life. Your show outside is the same with what you believe inside. You have one life in Abuja. And when you are in Dubai, you have one life. When you are in the village, one life. One life. One life. It's called integrity. When you promise, you keep your promise. Let me talk to people who do network marketing. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go pressuring people to put their money into what you have not tested. Because when they put their money and they don't get the result that you promised them, your integrity is questioned. People will come and say, Pastor, do this, do this. Have you used it yourself? Eh, Pastor, you know from the testimony? No. 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 Integrity, when you are marketing something, don't conceal the negative side and push only the good side to collect your money and your commission and go away. Agents in the house, property agents, car dealers, don't say this car is like brand new when you know that the transmission is off 
and sweet mouth your brother into buying it. And two days after they are in debt, trying to repair a car that they bought. And the car is two years, they've not driven it for one day. You think they are happy? Integrity. You are a tailor. Don't tell them it will be ready on Friday. It will be ready on Friday. I tell you, it will be ready on Friday. On Friday, is not ready. You're off your phone. It's wickedness. It's lack of integrity. Tell them, with the work I have, I won't be able to deliver this on time. I need more time. But if you can't wait, Amina is very good too. Christopher is very good too. You can take it to them. They are good. But if I take it, I won't be able to deliver. However, if you don't mind keeping it for one month, then I can take it. You think you are losing. You are not losing. There will be reward for integrity. There will be reward for integrity. Integrity is when you borrow money from a brother and you tell them I will pay you next week Monday. When it is Monday and you don't have the money, don't off your phone, don't disappear. Go to them and say, I promise you today, I have done all my best. I don't have the money. I came to tell you so that you can give me another payment plan. Don't wait until the person you borrowed money from is the one looking for you. Don't. Don't. I finished first service. A brother came to me and said, Pastor, I have over 10 million spread in this church. Stories is not coming back. And I have made up my mind that I'm not doing anything with church people. So we are losing power, but not just power. We are losing the blessing. The number we have is enough to prosper any small business, but lack of trust. Lack of trust. You are a Christian mechanic. Why are you fixing one thing five times? Why? Why? If you don't know what is wrong, tell the man to take the car to another place. And then you fix it five times, and the five times you collected money. Integrity means that if you fix my car, and it's not good, and I bring it back, tell me not to pay until it is good. Don't collect money until it is good. Until you give somebody a satisfactory service, don't collect their money. It's integrity. The power of the church is hijacked by the lack of integrity. The reason we are praying and it looks like heaven is not answering. The reason we are sick and dying left, right and center is because the power has been hijacked by the lack of integrity. Integrity will generate authority in the spirit and the world will respond to that authority with results. Integrity. So we need to fix our house. We need to talk to ourselves. Now that it has come to a place where we don't even want to do business with ourselves, then it is bad. How can they stay? When they come, they'll just discover hypocrites. And they say, oh boy, it's better where I'm coming from. At least we know they hide them for there. <laughs> Integrity. The things that will help our Integrity. Fear God. If you don't fear men, fear God. God is omniscient. He sees all things. He knows all things. If you don't fear men, fear God. In Proverbs, he says that he who walks in integrity walks securely. But the treacherous ones shall be found out. Fear God. 
Be in church and hear words like this so that it can inspire us to change. Be in church. Keep company of people who have integrity because the Bible says evil communication, corrupt good manner. It says a man who walks with the wise shall himself become wise, but the companion of fool shall be destroyed. Keep people around you who are people of integrity. If you hang around liars before you know it, you start lying. If you hang around cheats before you know it, you start cheating. Somebody will say, Pastor, at a time like this in Nigeria, you are telling us to be people of integrity. That is exactly what I am saying. It is wrong to think that because you are a man of integrity, you will lose. No, I didn't say you will not suffer for integrity. In certain places, when you tell the truth, you suffer. But when you tell the truth, the Bible says it is okay to suffer for doing right. It is okay to suffer for doing right. What is not good is that you suffer doing evil. But when you suffer doing right, heaven claps for you. Heaven claps for you. I remember something that happened to me many years ago. I came to town. And my dream, my all dream, all dream, all time dream was to be a banker. And when we were about graduating and we heard that a certain degree cannot give you the bank, we doubled our effort to make sure we work in the bank. And I came to the town, came to this city about 23, 24 years ago. And I, and I came and before I knew it, I got saved. It was not in the plan. I just got saved from nowhere and began to hear these kinds of words. And I'm the firstborn of my family, the first son. And they were at home. Our boy has gone to Abuja. Everything he has told us will come to pass now. And one day in church, I was an usher. One day in church, as I was talking to God about employment, the Lord says, tomorrow, I'll take you around the city and show you what I can do for my children. I said, okay. Okay, this is what happened. I was about to go and talk to Dickin Kenne. Dickin Kenne was the head of ushers. I was, and he was the PRO of the FCT Police Command. I was about to go and talk to him. Can't you use your power for me to get a job in the bank? As I stepped to go and meet him, the Holy Spirit said, stop. I stopped. He said, don't bother him. I'll take you through the town tomorrow, and I'll show you what I can do for my children. Take your CV. I'll show you where to go. And in the morning, Monday, I took my CV, went around town, and I went to a bank. And I said, my name is so, 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 and so. I read agricultural economics. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm one of the best people that will work in this place. I want to work here. And the woman looked at me. <laughs> it's the MD secretary. She said, do you know anybody here? I said, no. He said, how did you get here? I said, because I want to work here. <laughs> you don't know anybody here? She was looking at me with pity. I said, no, I don't know anybody here. It's okay, let me have your CV. And then she took my CV. As if she was going in, scrolling, and then she ran back and said, oh, 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 oh. Go back. There is a business center. Go and redo this CV. Change your state origin from Kogi to Niger. And I'll be able to do something. The MD is from Niger State. Just got born again. The dream is to work in the bank. 
Nowhere else. The bank. My brothers are waiting. Family of 13, 12 of them are waiting to hear the good news. And I looked at him. I said, Ma, I am a Christian. I am from Kogi State. I am not from Niger State. I can't do that. And I saw the shock. And the pity doubled. <laughs> and then he says, okay, it's okay. Whatever will happen. I left that place. I cried. I was crying. But I was paying the price of integrity. I was paying the price <laughs> of integrity. Even if nobody will knew, know that I changed my state of origin. God who brought me out of Kogi knows that I'm not from Niger. I left there crying. And I heard all kinds of things. You fool. Are you the first Christian? I didn't know you had this foolish. I thought you were a fool like this. But now I know you are a fool like that. <laughs> Look at your brothers. Waiting for you. What a foolish man. What is that origin? And I was crying. Two weeks later, somebody came looking for me. They've been looking for you in our office. You have unemployment with our bank. You have unemployment with our bank. Come, they've been looking for you. I went there. I cited the employment letter. It's about the same time God was telling me, I have something else for you to do. And that is how I came here in 1999. The price... Of integrity. But God proved to me that with Niger or Kogi, he can still give a job. Job lost everything, kept his integrity. In Job 42, the Bible says, Now God blessed the latter years of Job than the former and gave him double. Joseph, a man of integrity, Refused to touch Potiphar's wife. Paid the price, went into prison. But it was a matter of time. He became the biggest boy in the entire civilization of Egypt. Such that the king removed his signet ring and put in his hand. And said, at the sound of the trumpet for Joseph, everybody bow your knee except me. Potiphar and his wife began to bow for the boy they sent to prison. Integrity. Daniel! Nigeria of today cannot be worse than the Babylon of those days. The constitution says nobody should pray. What is our code? Pray at all times. Went into his upper room. He lived in a duplex. That's why it's called the upper room. Went into the duplex, opened the windows, and prayed three times. They reported him to the king, threw him in the lion's den, what happened? He conquered the lions. I'm not telling you to do what is new. And you can't do anything for God's sake and you'll be abandoned. You can suffer. It's good to suffer for doing right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's time to stop falsifying our age. There's nothing like football age. It's time to stop buying exams for our children. It's time to stop bribing teachers to pass our children. Integrity is our code. Stand on your feet. We took time to explain this because 
is the father of all the Christian characters that we are going to be discussing. I want you to pray for yourself. The psalmist says, search me, O Lord. Ask God to throw light on you so that you can see you. Which area of your life you cannot boldly say you are a man of integrity? When it comes to your money, are you a man of integrity? Your marriage, are you a woman of integrity? Your career, are you a professional of integrity? As a politician, are you a politician of integrity? As a, as a family person, are you operating in integrity? I didn't say look at me. I said search yourself. Talk to God so that he will show you something big is about to hit the church. Power is coming. Blessing is coming. But we must take care of these characters that the enemy is eroding from our midst. Integrity. Give me Matthew 7, 28 and 29. New King James first. New King James first. New King James first. While we are standing. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. Listen carefully. While I was talking, I said that integrity will generate authority in heaven and that authority will compel men to bow to you here. Did you hear me say that? Watch carefully. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So they saw the difference. Jesus had authority. They saw the difference. That is why multitudes followed him. But if you look at this version, you will not see all the secrets hidden behind. So give me the message, the same translation, the same, the same place, the message. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard a teaching like this. It was apparent. It was obvious. They can all see that he was living everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religion teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. What am I saying here? Where we read before said he had authority. New King James. Is that not so? Here he said that it was apparent that his teaching and his lifestyle were the same. Integrity is when what you believe, what you teach, and your life is one. When you are that man, heaven gives you authority in the spiritual realm. And here in the physical realm, no man can resist that authority. Integrity provokes authority. Authority provokes people serving you, people following you, people blessing you. Integrity. As the church of the living God, it's time for us to begin to bear fruit. These are some of the fruits of Christianity. Pray for yourself. That you will be a man of integrity when you are tested. Because life will test what you are hearing. That you'll be a man of integrity. You may please be seated. But let's still close our eyes. Let's still close our eyes. Let's still close our eyes. The Lord sent me to certain people here today. He says for me to tell you that he loves you. If you are seated in this auditorium right now and you are watching me by live streaming from wherever, God says for me to tell you that he loves you. And he is not angry with you. And there is nothing you can do, you have done, you will do 
that will make him to hate you. He loves you with an everlasting love. That's number one. Number two, he says for me to tell you that he has your back. That if you will come to him, he will give you authority. He will give you his presence. And he will give you his goodness. Because his presence carries his goodness. He says for me to tell you, if you are seated here, there is no situation you are in right now that can be hopeless. There is nothing called hopeless with God. God can turn around any situation for good. And so if you are here under the sound of my voice, you say, Pastor, I want to receive his presence. I want to enjoy his goodness. Pray with me. Can I see your hand? Raise your hand. I'll pray with you. Raise it properly. Raise it properly. Raise it boldly. It's a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you. It's a beautiful day. Raise it properly. Be bold about it. Be bold about it. Be bold about it. I like the way that hand went up. Be bold about it. Listen carefully. I just told you there is no situation that is hopeless with God. There is nothing he cannot turn around. Has somebody or anybody told you that you will not amount to anything? You will not matter? You will not make it? It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. You already made it and God will prove them wrong. I want to pray with you. Can I see your hand? Can I see your hand? Raise it properly. Be bold about it. His church is the house of God. It's your father's house. He wants to bless you. Somebody is here. You say, I pass here. No way. I pass here. No way. Life has locked me in. I have not laughed properly for a long time. But he himself sits in the heavens and laughs. He wants you to laugh too. He wants you to laugh too. He says for me to pray with you. If you want me to pray with you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Is there anybody who has been so disappointed by men and women? Now you are almost giving up. He says for me to tell you not to give up. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Don't give up. He will bless you. Is there anybody here who says, Pastor, I honestly couldn't listen to what you are saying, but I know I need prayers. I know I need Jesus. I know I need salvation. Raise your hand and I'll pray for you. And like he said in the first service, he just reminded me. You are here this morning. You want a new beginning. Something new to start in your life. A day you can look at and say, from that day my life has never been the same. Raise your hand and I'll pray with you. You want to have a reference point. That from that day my life has never been the same. Now all of us with our hands up. I want you to do something bold. Something bold that will please the Lord. I want you to get up. Stand up. Take your Bible. Take your phone. Take your Bible. Take your phone. Take your bag. And please come to the altar. Boldly come to the altar. Let me pray for you eyeball to eyeball. Thank you for listening to this message. You will be blessed when you do the things that you have heard. You can make a brand new start in life by becoming a child of God. It's as easy as believing in your heart as you say the following prayer. Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Jesus, come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior. I declare right now that I am born again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Congratulations if you just said that prayer. It is important that you join a Bible-believing church immediately so that you grow 
in knowing Christ. We would love to have you visit our church in Abuja, Nigeria. For more information about this ministry, you can visit our website at www.fwcabuja.org. God bless you. Family Worship Center. We care.